This is Lesson Jack on Writing, Uncensored, Episode 1, Character Description and Story Pacing. Okay, what? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about your story? Oh. What was I saying? <clears throat> Oh, I'm really excited because I want to, uh... Like that moment, this moment where he's like moving the dead body. They're moving, they're trying to move... In the bushes they, again? What they think is a dead body. In yeah. the bu- they're in the bushes. And then they're like trying to get him over the fence. Right. And it's a short chain link fence. And he gets hung up. Like his shirt gets caught on the fence and they're pulling, pulling, pulling... And they can't get the body over the fence. And then he's like... You and then cut the, it up in pieces. No, and then the cop shows up, and then it's like a comedy scene. It's actually like a comedy scene, because they're trying to get a dead body over the yeah. fence, and it's funny as shit. Yeah. And they have to leave him there, and then they move on. You know what would help that? Because it doesn't come across that when you read it. Uh-huh. If they're wisecracking, if one of them's wisecracking. Probably... Who's uh, Eddie? Right. Probably him. Wisecracking in what way? Just making wisecracks. About, you know, his weight and shit. Oh, about she would, the body? Yeah. I said, wish he wouldn't eat that last milkshake. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Have one of them be serious. Have Corky be serious, but the other right. one be joking. Right. Then we know it's funny. So you got to have cues to let us know it's a funny scene. Right. That will work throughout, actually. Yeah. Having Eddie being such a fucking idiot. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Like, nothing's a reality. Yeah. Everything's just like a fucking yeah. big joke. You're going to make a great character out of him. Somebody will die to play his role. That works, because he starts out as like... Of course like, it works, I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he starts out as like this friendly, hey, how you doing, guy. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's like a big... I never got that impression. But... Well, that's the idea I had of him. He's like, ah, here, get, let's get high. Come on, come on, join our party yeah. kind of guy. Well met, hail, well met. Yeah, he's like, come on. Yeah. And then he's like... He's following Henry because he knows Henry's going off the rails, right? He's, yeah. He knows that much. And he doesn't want him to get... Henry's the one they think is dead. The one he... Yeah. Okay. Henry, because Henry is a nut job and he's already brought the cops in on some job before because of his craziness. Yeah. And when he says, I'm going to go kill that guy now with my knife or whatever he says in the presence of Eddie, he's like, oh, fuck. He's really going to fucking... He might actually do this. Who Corky thinks this? Eddie thinks this. Henry says it. He doesn't say it in the book. That's why he's tra- he's trailing him. Oh, okay. He's like, ah, I got to watch him before I go home, see where he... Make sure he goes home. And then that's why he's on the scene when Henry attacks Corky. You know, another thing you can do, when, once he comes out of the coma, uh-huh. a month down the line or whenever, mm. make him different than the character he was. Maybe before he's a mean character, now he wants to preach to the masses oh, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be Jesus or something. Not job in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like a psycho killer. Yeah, turn him around when he comes out of the coma. He had a come to Jesus moment or something. Now he's a mellow... 
dude. I mean, I'm, that's just for the future. Yeah, that's a long way off. Yeah. But, yeah, that's interesting. Surprise reader every chance you get. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was saying or realizing that I would actually started a screenplay based on uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just Is like... Is that Mel Gibson? No, it's Spencer Tracy. Oh, that's way back. Yeah, Spencer Tracy and uh, Sid Caesar and... Oh, I vaguely... I saw it, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's, it's it starts out with uh, all these people on a road and there's an accident. Oh, yeah. They're and on Jimmy a road Durante, trip. Yeah. He's like down at, you know, his cars yeah. and they all like run down. He's like, oh, he talks about this treasure that is, and it's under a big W. And then he kicks the bucket. He actually kicks a bucket <laughs> when he kicks the And the group, Jonathan Winters, Sid Caesar. I forget. Jonathan Winters is in that? Yeah. I love him. Young Jonathan Winters. Wow. Sid Caesar. That's all these like cast. comedy stars. Yeah. And they're all like, all right, we're going to go find this treasure. And it's nonstop. And Spencer Tracy's like this old detective that's about to retire. Mm-hmm. He's like a local guy, and he finds out about it. He's like, he starts trailing them, trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. So he's a serious guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's becoming a big pain in the ass. And his wife, his wife, you just hear her yelling at him on the phone. <laughs> it's just, that's like her character. But he's like a henpecked guy that's going to be retiring soon. Every time you describe a scene like that, uh-huh. a road scene like mm-hmm. that, I think of Monty Python. Where it's done in pantomime, the guy picks up the you know, his daughter's suitor that he hates, and they're in an open touring car, and they're driving down the road, and, for his, and he's railing on this kid, you're a punk, and all this shit. Uh-huh. And then the, the kid leads over and whispers in his ear, and he says, okay, pulls over, and the guy goes behind these bushes. Well, there's a road, or there's a oh. lawn crew back there, and they're, they're, they're watering the lawn, and it's big, they turn his hose on, and it goes way up in the air, and the guy thinks it's a kid. So he gets back in the car, he's climbing in the back, tell him to sit by him. Remember that? Wait, is that Monty Python or, yeah. or Benny Hill? Sounds you know like what? A, that might have been Benny Hill. It sounds like a Benny Hill bit. It might have been Benny Hill, because yeah. I love Benny Hill. I'm not big on Monty Python. Yeah, it sounds more like a Benny yeah, Hill bit. Did you see that? No, but I, I, was I can great, picture it. Was I might have hell. seen it, actually. It was funnier in hell. I might have he thinks seen the guy's got a serious hose there. <laughs> And he's going to be good for his daughter. Maybe him, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but so, I mean, my idea was like, like part of the greatness of that Mad, Mad, Mad world, it's nonstop. Yeah. It's like thing, 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 thing happens, thing happens, thing happens. And See, it's, that's what I'm trying to get you doing your book. Right, right, right. And you it's don't like, have these slow moments. You get too many of them in there. You right. Got, you got to cram shit together. Well, it's like, I'm, I did the same thing in mine. I'm going back and I'm changing it. Right. Because it's a tendency to do that. Well, you wanted... It's like the scene in your head and you want to describe the scene. Yeah. But then you got to cut the scene and cut it down to what's the... What's the, the story point? Yeah. What's the... What's the... Yeah. What's the next part of... Like I said, you know, telling a guy in Uber about whatever. My trip to the hospital, you know. Yeah. My... Uh, the spot on my lung. Yeah. The you have a spot on your lung? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't breathe on me. <laughs> no. You, it, can you catch that? Oh, I shouldn't even talk about this. If anybody Damn. listens to it. 
It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, right. It's nothing to me oh, because it's smoke. on your lung, not mine. Right. But telling a story about something that hop- happens, you don't, like, say, you know, I walked into the hospital and it, like, was lit yeah. with neon lights. and. Mm-hmm. See, I have very little description in my books. I never... In fact, I've never described a character in any of my stories. Oh, really? And I, I had a guy in a chair one time when I was cutting hair, and I said... Uh, we got in that discussion. I said, I've never... He said, yeah, you have. I've read all your stuff. You described him really well. And I said, okay, what's this character look like? And he, he named he named what he was wearing. I didn't have none of that. Readers will furnish all that shit. I hate it when I see description of character. I'm reading a book right now. The guy's, the guy's a good writer. It's driving me nuts. He has to describe what everybody's wearing and shit. That's funny because I've been it's, working on that. What to, what just, to describe, what to not. What is he wearing, what is he not wearing? Don't describe anything. Who cares? The right. reader will furnish a description. I guarantee you, if I am giving you a copy of Money's Meal, I will. And they're great stories. They're, they're genius. But anyway, they are. So I, was compared, I was compared to Raymond Carver by the New York Times. But anyway. So you said. I, I, it's panned up. <laughs> I'm just a, kidding. Anyway. But I said, I told the guy, I have never, I see, he said, I know you did because I can describe And he went through and described a bunch of them. Didn't have a word of any yeah. Of okay, that. here's a question: the guy uh, Uncle Ali, who the night before Corky is like, you know, they they're trying to get him to help the to dig to hide the body. He's like, screw you, go take care of yourself. You know that whole part. Yeah. So then the next day he's at the bowling alley. He's like, gets off the phone. And he hears like him basically beating up another man, and he appears. The night before, he's dressed in a tuxedo. Now he's dressed in a something else. That's just to kind of differentiate him. You're saying don't even put in the tuxedo. No, I've got a story. It's my, it's my favorite line I ever came up. First line of the story, and it's about this guy. It says, "Wherever Abner was standing became the bad part of town." Right. I thought it was a great line. And immediately, I'm picturing something. But I never describe an article of clothing. Nothing. But right. I've asked people. What's this guy look like? And they all come up with remarkably similar Right, it's from their head. Yes. Right. Let the reader do some work. Hemingway said it the best. Right. The reading is a participatory action. Right, right, right. The reader has to do some work. Right. The writer provides a skeleton. The reader provides the flesh. Let him work. Make him work. It's weird. I guarantee you, if you read that, I've got downstairs, I think, i got some extra copies. I'll give you one. Read some One of those. Day, and, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of the metal plastic card. When I get a book and they're, not, they're describing characters and what they're wearing and shit. That oh, book, man. the book, uh, I don't like. Me nuts. The, the, the thing where they kidnap the guy with the, they cut off his hand or something. Oh, yeah. Genuine imitation plastic kidnapping. Right. Yeah. I don't describe, but I got an image in but my mind. But the first scene and then it cuts to like this picture. And I'm thinking about that and like that picture. You have names, mm-hmm. but you don't have any kind of this. You 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 say what's happening. The names are descriptive. Right. They show a certain kind of character. And what they the way they talk, and the things that they do. Exactly. You'll furnish your own name, your picture, and everything. Names and all that shit. You don't need to describe people. You just don't. Right. The physical descriptions. It's so unnecessary. Right. Pe- see, that's the problem with 
writer education. When they start teaching in the grade schools on up, mm -hmm. they're teaching units. We're going to have a unit on settings. We're going to have one on description. We're going to have one on dialogue. It's bullshit. Oh, That's not the way to teach. I don't remember that. It's not the way to teach. That's why I run into people like you're a screenwriter. You've been taught about scenes. You've been taught about descriptions. You've been taught about action. You've been taught about... But you've been taught as separate parts, right. not as a whole. Right. We're teaching as a whole. Right. Right. It's different, but yeah, it works. It's, it's great, actually. Yes, it is. It, I'm proud of it because I saw that very early on in my own experience. And I thought. I mean, it's yeah. It's like it's a great experience. I know now. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to describe it as well as I can now, or understand it as much as that. Like that's the joy of reading. You just work. You get to participate in this whole thing. You're part of the creator. Your your brain is active. Yeah. And you're filling in all the gaps. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when I was learning playwriting, as I was mm -hmm. progressing through the workshops, I was yeah. getting learning the craft, sure. learning better, better from Lee and sure. the proper. I stopped. I wrote less and less description and action. Yeah. I mean, there's some plays I wrote where it's just die. It's like one line. The, but. Listen to that again. Wherever Abner was standing became the bad part of town. Right. What does that give you immediately? Right. Is this a preacher? Is this no. a choir boy? No. This is a bad motherfucker, isn't it? And I'm automatically picturing like a brick, the corner of a brick building on a corner. Who cares wherever he's standing? He can be standing in front of the First Baptist Church, the bus station, it doesn't matter. Right. Wherever he's standing became the bad part of town. Because right. he's a bad motor scooter. I'm, I'm so proud of that line that in one of the reviews a guy dissed it it's a bullshit line <laughs> fuck you dude you don't have a clue and I looked up all the books he'd written and he hadn't written any so I felt okay did you look at his other reviews yeah they're mostly downers this guy d reviewed mostly I don't know cookware and shit it was an Amazon review it just pissed me off because I was so proud of that line I thought it was very clever yeah. It is. Yeah, well. Who am I? Who am I? I have to get the thing and see. But he describes, every, every person comes on, especially the women, he describes everything they're wearing, the color of their painting. It just drives me nuts. They all blend together. They all look like a cheap-ass hooker. And this guy's, he's best-selling all this shit. Oh, really? Which is meaningless. That's weird. When I think of, like, and, I, and I've been, in terms of, like, action, 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 keeping that, that a thing happens and thing happens, thing happens, as it progresses... The little bit that I wrote of the John Sanford book that I have. That I the what book? John Sanford. Oh, yeah. And it's like, when I think of, he's doing that. It's like the opening is like the woman going out and like getting the rabbits to eat. And he's like, uh -huh. she's like slicing their necks. And it's setting up this right away, yeah. the killing of these animals. And it's really like kind of dramatic. Which and, Sanford book is it? I've read them all, so. I but know. I don't remember by title. I don't remember the title. It's, she's, I can see, and like her, she has two sons. Action. That describes her to you, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Her ad, what if she's doing? It doesn't, you don't, I bet he doesn't use any what she's wearing or anything. No, I don't think so. Good. Good for him. It's, I like him. It's rural. And then like the son that's at home from the war, it was in the war or something. He's uh -huh. like up in the, up in the room, like with a rifle. And he's like, as a, as a local neighbor is coming down the country road, he's like aiming at yeah. him. And it's like, oh, and she's like thinking about this political meeting and like how this guy shouldn't win the presidency. Yeah. And it's weird because like she's on like a farm yeah. in the middle of Nebraska or somewhere yeah. killing rabbits, killing rabbits. Yeah. And she's like really heated about the, the political guy. Yeah. And so that's, you know, already like in a few pages, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. going to be some shit. You know? It's great, and it's like... When you read shit like that, notice how the writer did it. Right. To get that kind of emotion out of you. Right. And then steal it. I mean, it wasn't emotional for me, but it was like engaging. Well, yeah, you remember That's emotional. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it because it was... It made an impact. That's an emotional impact. He wasn't saying impact. any of that. I know, but that's an emotional impact. Right. So watch out when something like that affects you to the extent you're going to remember it. Right. Look and study it. Look yeah. what they did, and yeah. you just did. Yeah. And then steal that. Yeah. Good writers steal, bad writers borrow. It's true. Did you ever look at my blog? Yeah. The side shit. Yeah. The Picasso stuff. What was the Picasso? What is it? Um. Where'd he go? Sitting <laughs> here. Oh, there yeah, we go. Said bad artists borrow, great artists steal. Pablo mm. Picasso, it's crossed out, and my name's under. <laughs> Here's Texas A&M students came up with this about political correctness. Political correctness is a doctrine fostered by a delusional, illogical minority and rapidly promoted by an unscrupulous mainstream media which holds forth from the proposition that it is entirely possible to pick up a turd by the clean-in. Texas A&M students came up. I should have attributed that to them. Mm. Yeah, so pretty exciting. Except the only problem is, I, you know, fuck. It's like I'm listening to this guy... John Coleman, who's the Dave, he's like the career guy in the Ramsey, in the Ramsey world. Dave Ramsey's the financial guy. Oh, okay. And John uh, Ken Coleman has he's like the career. C O A L guy. or C O L. C O L E M A N. Okay. <laughs> no, I just wondered. And he, he's all about you know finding your passion, you know, and basically like and. Aligning your passion with what you're good at, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And the way to tell what you're passionate about is when you do it, 
time flies. Whether it's like when you're if you're fixing a car and you turn around and you've been fixing it for four hours and it felt like a few minutes. You know, we just figured out the format of this thing. What? Student teacher, two writers, talking uh-huh. shop. Yeah, but can we do this for an hour? I guess we can. We can do it for days. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and like when there's, we don't have to worry about it because if there's like a, you know, if you're showing me something like that, uh-huh. I can cut that out because if it's a bunch of silence and it's only, yeah. and I think the, I think the right length is an hour. That sounds right. So, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll do it. Okay. We'll put genius dummy. No. <laughs> uh, oh, so Ken Coleman, he like says that one of the ways to figure out what your passion is, is what, and when I'm writing, that's what happens. You know, if yeah. once I get into the mind, it's like a frame of mind mm-hmm. and I'm working my way through whatever, looking at it, revive whatever, I'm in the world of the story, yeah. and feeling it, it's like, goes from midnight to 4 a.m., and I'm like, fuck, I gotta You're stop. You're in the zone. I gotta go to sleep. You suspended your disbelief. I suspended time. Yeah. Time right. sus- is suspended. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's the zone. And then I stay in the zone. Like the next, this, this week. <laughs> so... When did I get it in? Wednesday afternoon. I was like, fuck. Because I had, we had the Sunday thing. And then we had, I had the interview I knew face-to-face on Monday at 8.30 a.m. And then in the meantime, I guess it was Friday, I found out I had some, over the weekend, Uh I got this 2 o'clock meeting online on over the phone on two o'clock tuesday then a 12 o'clock teams meeting over the computer for another job so three jobs so i was like i need to get up at 8 30 i you know i can't get it in on sunday whatever so i was doing a little bit but i couldn't get in the sun you know get into the groove of it because i had to get enough sleep and so then i had to wait till tuesday night and then I got... That's good, though, because that drives you. That's when you sit down there and you're ready to write. Right. Because you've right. been pent up. Right. And... Yeah. and That's great. So I was working on it. And you saw my... I even wrote him at the top of the things. I know I could have done more, but I had to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it was like fucking 5 a.m. I mean, literally 5 a.m. It's funny. Holly uh, emailed me about... I'm really having a problem with people. You and... Holly and one or two others get to work in early. The rest of them, it just, it fucks me up so bad. Right. Because I really only have about four and a half hours a day I can work on shit. And after six, I can't. Right. So people send their work in at six and think, I'm yeah, I'm sending it. It doesn't do me any good till the next day. You kind of move the, the thing back. Well, that's what she thought, too. And she broached that before. So she's, she came up with things she's going to post to the class. But what was weird was she said, this has been a weird session this time. Everybody's got problems except Jack. And I thought, if you only knew, oh. if you only knew, Jack's got probably more problems than anybody. Did she say that in the back yeah. chat? That's a compliment. Yeah, well, that's, 
I, that I, means you don't, I kind you of don't like drag it. your shit to it's work. It's funny she said that because I was kind of aware of that kind of dynamic going on. Yeah. Is that, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, this is like, when I was in the playwriting workshop, I was like, fuck, I'm, 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 I care about it. Yeah. It's, it's. It's important. And I'm not going to let shit distract me or get me away from it. I mean, I'm not like you where like I've, since I was like two years old, but. Well, you just came to it later, that's all. Um, and not even that far later. I mean, you spent 30 it's, years... It's weird, this. because I don't give a fuck, right? I don't really care about... When people, like actors in Hollywood, are always like, find your passion, this is my passion. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Your passion. I mean, I just was quoting Ken Coleman, but but that's like a different thing. Yeah. He was defining it, right? He was defining it in a different way. Who I'm trying to think. I just read this. Who said... It was Stein, Steinbecker, one of those guys, said... It wasn't him, because I, I don't think he's that great a writer, but it was a really great writer. But I wish I could remember who it was. Said said something about... Uh, a chicken doesn't have to have passion to lay a fucking egg, so you don't have to have passion to write something. Right. It's a job. Right. So... And I thought that's pretty brilliant. Right. He said, "Yeah, chicken doesn't need passion to lay a freaking egg." Right. I mean, it's it's like it's what you do. Right. I mean, that's what I was like. To, to, I remember being at a party and these. She's like, "Oh, you're writing. You're following your passion." I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what that means." Yeah. I'm doing what, what I want to do. do. Fervently. <laughs> so yeah, you are following your passion, but you don't think of it in those terms. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Just like Charlie's following his passion here. <laughs> Trying to nail a housewife from the valley. <laughs> I don't know. I'd... And it's like, I mean, I don't get ill anymore from writing. Uh-huh. But it used to be... So you had anxiety shit? No, it didn't feel good. Oh. I mean, it didn't feel good... And the other writers write about that. Like, I need Nadine Gorman, Gordon, Nadine Gorman. Gorman. I got, had this quote up that, like, no, it was, um, oh, God, this writer, this, he's, uh, he writes really dark novels. Well, that uh, could be any number of people. Mm, whatever. He, he's like, every time I sit writer. down, every time I sit down to write, I feel a little nauseous. When Harry Cruz? Nah, he's the, like he's, he has a Jewish name. Oh, Isaac Asimov. No, <laughs> he writes novels like oh. like about like people committing suicide, divorce. Is he older? Yeah, a dead. He might be dead by now. Kafka or one of those guys? No, I mean he's like eighties, nineties. Oh, okay. Seventies, eighties, nineties. Very, very, thought very highly in the literary circles. That could be, yeah, anybody's dark is considered literary. I mean, the, they made one movie, I know they made one movie. Ken Casey. Casey. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's no, Nest. No, dark, like, uh, shit, I forget his name. That's all right. Anyway. He'll come to you. But... I'm gonna yeah. have to no, it's just like getting into the groove. I'm going to have to kick you out pretty soon, man. Uh-huh. 
Okay. 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 What time is it? Twenty to nine. Really? Yeah. How come Kim had called? Oh, it's this fucking Fort Wayne late late light. Yeah, it is for me. No, I mean in New York they don't the sun never went down after eight. We couldn't see it for the buildings. No, because it's <laughs> And they're the same time we are. And they get it earlier. No, but it's we're on the western end of yeah. the east coast time. Yeah. So on the east end It's been dark a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an hour earlier. Yeah. So the concept of it be still being light after eight is a little weird to me. Yeah. Anyway. I hear you, man. How long have we been talking? Let me see. Do we have enough good stuff for a podcast? I don't know. I look at this as a trial run, if you can make something else. But we should come out with kind of a bang, the first one, don't you think? Well, I think this is a good format, though. You and I just talking about writing. It's 29 minutes. 29, almost 30 minutes of stuff. Yeah. Which probably end up 20 minutes. But we could say... You could do this in two parts. Well, we could do half an hour. Yeah. Half an hour was easy. Yeah. We just do half hour parts. You put all the commercials in. <laughs> no commercials. <laughs> Starting out, no commercials. Oh. But then, the thing is, I was reading, it's like YouTube. If you get, like, if you got, I don't know what the... See, I don't know any format like this really out there. Two guys talking about writing? Yeah. I mean, I, I know people get interviewed, but two people actually sitting down talking about writing. And it's usually done in an interview form. Right. I think this would be interesting and informative and helpful. Especially since you're not brand new, you're not a brand new writer, and you're a very experienced writer, just in another form. Right. That was Lesson Jack on Writing Uncensored, Episode 1, Character Description and Story Pacing.